Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Hey, good morning, Faith Points. It is so good to be with you guys this morning. And um, I just said to Viv before, I don't think I've been over here since, um, since the whole lockdown and, and everything like that. And, uh, but you guys did okay during lockdown? Everyone survive all right out here? I'll tell you what, as, as we were worshipping this morning, I was just so reminded, you know, there are certain things that you can never get online, and one of them is that. You know, when, when you've got a whole group of people who are all worshipping together in the presence of God, there's just nothing that touches that, and uh, just so wonderful. So why don't we just give a huge round of applause to the worship team. Thank you so much. You guys are blessed, man. Amazing worship here this morning, and uh, I think every time that God's people get together and we worship and we praise Him, there's just uh, incredible things that take place. I just want to welcome everyone who's on the live stream this morning as well. We've, uh, we've gotten used to this in our church as well, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it, the, uh, the whole live stream thing, because um, I don't know about you, for us, uh, it wasn't something we were really thinking about, and we kind of got pushed into it in a lot of ways. Um, but it's been amazing to me, though, how many people have been kind of tapping in and just watching what's been going on at church. You know, people who may not darken the doors of the church, but they'll watch you in the live stream. I've kind of decided, I reckon, that the, the live stream is now the new back row of church. I mean, not, not to say that the guys sitting in the back row, anything wrong with you guys this morning. It's fine. But, you know, like sometimes you'd have people who would just kind of come in and check it out or whatever. Um, so often now we're, we're finding people are tapping in on that. And it's awesome, isn't it? Because I think God has always had a heart to have what's happening in the church get out. You know, and I think as the church, we've often struggled with that. And so, you know, I think the Lord's used the whole COVID thing. It's like, right, we're going we're gonna to broadcast to the planet everything, all the great things that are going on inside of the church today. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing to be here. And um, yeah, so I've got this book. Um, I've become one of these preachers now. You know, I've got the merchandise. You know, I've got the I've got the helicopter. Dove ones parked out the back. You know, look, that <laughs> no. Um, but I've got this book, and uh, so I wrote this last year uh, during lockdowns and things like that. Um, but it had been brewing in my heart for a while because I kept having this conversation with people who really loved the Lord, but they were struggling with their devotional times. And as a pastor, I felt like I was having that conversation again and again and again with so many people. And uh, I know for my, my own life, you know, that what happens in the secret place overflows into the public place. You know, what, what happens uh, with us, with God, you know, if... If we're not succeeding in that place, it's hard for us to succeed in other places. And yet, uh, you know, the principles and the ability for us to be able to really connect with God is actually so straightforward. And so uh, what I did was I basically just kind of downloaded as much as I possibly could into this. And it's been so cool for me just hearing the stories and stuff coming back from people who've read it, who've been fired up and recharged with their devotional life with God. So I'm really passionate about this. I think everyone's got a bit of a message. For mine is kind of, you know, if you hang out with Jesus for long enough, then, you know, everything's going to be all right in your life. <laughs> I don't know. I think somehow everything comes back to me to faith in God. Just, you know, believe what he says, spend time with him, do what he's telling you to do, get on with the job. You know, um, yeah. You know, but uh, so it, this is a highly practical book. 
there's a, a whole lot of very practical things in this, and um, yeah, really encourage you to grab a copy of that. And so uh, usually they're 30 bucks, so I've got them for $25 down the back there. And I'm going to give this copy to James, and I'd like you to pass it on just to someone in the church, maybe a, a, new, a new Christian or someone who's just given their life to the Lord, because I, I honestly think that um, the, um, you know, particularly when people first give their life to the Lord, you know, if we can be putting these sorts of tools into their hands from day one, amen, um, it's just, yeah, really important. Um, also, too, I, I was really encouraged um, by the gentleman who uh, bought the word about the yacht this morning, where are you? That was you, yeah, that's awesome, and that lines up perfectly with something I'm going to share today, and uh, just, isn't it cool when, when the prophetic stuff starts to line up like that? Yeah, it's just awesome. So we'll, we'll get into it and share this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn them to 2 Kings chapter 4. And Father, we just thank you this morning for, uh, for your word. And I thank you for this wonderful church, Lord. What a blessing it is to be here, Lord. You, I, I thank you, God, that your church this morning is meeting all over the globe. Lord, that uh, we are part of something that is huge. And we live in a world that's trying to tell us that Christianity is irrelevant or it's sidelined or it doesn't matter anymore. But I think that the billions of Christians across this planet see this differently. And we know, Lord God, that uh, your kingdom is going to come and your will is going to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you this morning, God, for what you're going to be doing in our life and the transformational power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Lord, as we get connected with you, Lord, you start to take us on a journey and we want to go on that journey with you today. So I just pray that you bless the word as I share it this morning. And Lord, that it would touch hearts and uh, that you would open up our hearts and our spirits. Lord, even beyond what I'm saying today, God, that you would be speaking to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 2 Kings chapter 4 is, is where we're going. And I believe that God is the God of the breakthrough. Who believes that? You know, he's a God who loves to bring breakthrough into our lives. We're doing, at the moment, uh, back home in my church, we're doing uh, the series on the supernatural, which is a lot of fun. So we're talking, uh, last week, we did, uh, I, I spoke on Sunday morning about what happens when you die. And uh, so we would, uh, then we did a Q&A, a live Q&A online on Thursday night, uh, all questions about the afterlife and, uh, you know, what happens after you die and stuff, which is awesome. This week, so this morning, um, Pastor Claire's doing one on angels and demons over there, so that's going to be fun, talking all about the spiritual realm. Um, you know, and it's been so cool, though, just talking about these things and about the reality of God intervening into people's lives. And just last week, we had uh, a woman who shared, and, and she had died literally in hospital. She'd, uh, her heart had failed her. She died, and for a number of minutes, she was gone, and then the doctors brought her back. And so she had one of those kind of after-death experiences, so to speak, you know, and she, uh, she had a powerful encounter with God in that moment. And, um, but the amazing thing was that she said that the peace and the joy that she felt was nothing like she'd ever felt before. And, you know, she said afterwards, she goes, I, I now am not afraid of death. You know, um, you know, I think for some of us, the process of, of dying maybe is, is you know, we, we want to die well. You know, when we go, I know we've probably all got our lists of ways that we don't want to go. Um, <laughs> Many of us renewing our vows to never go scuba diving in caves, you know, like, you know, or, or visit any part of Australia. Um, <laughs> but but you, you know, the fact is that you never have to fear death when you know the one who waits on the other side, you know, and uh, I just believe this morning, man, maybe if you're even first time here today, you've just come along to church, this is all new for you, or maybe you're watching on the live stream. 
you know, and the, the whole, you know, context of death and what happens when you die and stuff. I, I, I want to give you some good news this morning. Jesus Christ is real. He loves you. He paid with his blood for your life. And not only that, but if you enter into a relationship with him, then you don't have to have any fear of death at all. You know, it's, it's simply just a doorway into what God's got next. Amen. You know, so that was cool. And then we had another guy, and I was just, uh, just the brother who was just sharing about the reaching out to homeless this morning. You know, it was so awesome. There was another guy from our Pukekohe church, and uh, he was just sharing about how he'd grown up uh, in the whole drug scene, the gang scene, everything like that. But God had powerfully touched his life. Uh, he, um, he'd had uh, full-blown cancer. And uh, anyway, a couple of guys from our church laid hands on him and prayed for him. How many know the power of God is with healing? You know, uh, so they did. You know, and I, I tell you what, you know, some, many times, hey, you know, we, we pray for people and we believe God. Sometimes we get those breakthroughs, other times we don't. But the times that we do, man, isn't it awesome? And uh, for this guy, you know, a couple of guys laid hands on him. He wasn't really even fully saved at that point, but he just started to cry. He knew something had gone back. He went back to the doctors and they couldn't find any cancer at all. It had all gone. And so he totally gave his life to the Lord. And he said, you know what, God? Because he'd made one of those vows. I tell you what, you know, be very careful about making vows with God, eh? Because he'll hold you to it. You know, so anyway, he said, if you heal me from this God, I'll come and I'll fight for you. You know, and so the Lord said, okay. <laughs> heal him. You know, and so now he's, uh, he's, he just, he's living for Jesus, which is so exciting. So we all want to see breakthrough in our lives, don't we? You know, and I know this morning, I'm a church pastor. I talk with tons of people every week. And I know the, 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 the difficulties and the challenges that all of us face. You know, and even in parts of our life, there might be parts that are going really well. And there's this kind of one part that we just can't seem to get going. It's just not moving. Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about this morning. You know, we, we all need this breakthrough. And, you know, we know that with, when it comes to breakthrough, there is. There's God's part and there's our part. Amen. There's, there's stuff that we can't do and there's things that he won't do. Yeah. You know, but, you know, as a pastor, I have to say, sometimes I get a bit cheesed off with Christians who are sitting on their big fat chuff and doing nothing and blaming God for their life. Because sometimes I think there's practical things that we can do. Yeah? Yeah? Excellent. Thank you. I've got, yeah, also, yeah, all right, some agreement. The rest of you aren't so sure. I believe sometimes there's actually stuff that we need to do, amen? You know, we've got to stop blaming God for stuff. But also, too, there are other times in our life, and I know I've been in this place and maybe you have too, where literally you feel like, man, I've exhausted everything. I, I have gone down every track. I've knocked on every door. I have rattled every chain. I've done everything I possibly know how to do, and this thing still isn't shifting. And I think all of us find ourselves in that kind of place. And that's the place that I want to speak to this morning. Give me a wave if you've ever found yourself or you are currently in a place like that. You know, and, and if you're not, don't worry, your turn will come. <laughs> you won't miss out. You know, if you're worried you're going to miss out, don't worry. <laughs> it's going to happen. But you know, the way I've always seen it, and this is why I was so encouraged by my brother sharing this morning. I saw, I, I literally, when I was preparing this message, I saw a picture of a yacht. Isn't that cool? And literally, I, I saw, you know, the rigging and everything on that yacht. And we all know that with, with yachts out there, they can't control the wind blowing, but they can set everything up so when the wind does blow, they're ready to go. You know, and I believe in life, that's what a lot of it's about. We can't always control the times that the wind blows, but we can get our life set. We can get everything ready so that when the smallest breeze does blow, like Team New Zealand, you know what I mean? They can, when the breeze does start to blow out there, they can get up on those foils as fast as possible and, and start to get moving. So I just want to share some practical things this morning. If you feel like your boat is a bit dead in the water today, this message is for you. 
You know, if, if you're sitting there waiting for breakthrough in some area of your life, you've been praying and faithfully serving and nothing's moving, this message this morning is for you. And even if you're not in that camp, this message this morning is for you as well. <laughs> so don't tune out. Listen in this morning. It's going to be good. So 2 Kings chapter 4 says this, One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he would stop there to eat. And she said to her husband, I know that this man who comes off in our way is a holy man of God. Let's make him a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. And then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and he lay down there. And he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. And Elisha said to him, tell her, you've gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak to your half? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she replied, I have a home among my own people. Well, what can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood on the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. So her breakthrough came. And this is a great passage. I've preached out of many times. And if you've been around church circles, you probably would have heard numerous messages out of this passage. It's, it's rich. There's so much in it. But I want to take a look at it this morning. I want to pull some keys out of it to help us with that whole area of preparation for breakthrough in our lives as well. And you know, the first thing that really jumps out, of, out at me with this particular story is how the woman urges Elijah to stay for a meal. It's like she has to really kind of go out of her way to get that initial contact, you know, to really say, hey, look, would you stay? Would you stay? Would you stay? She urges him to do it. She really had to push him. But that initial push started the relationship, which eventually ended up to the answer and the breakthrough. And one thing that never fails to astonish me is the way that God almost sets up like dominoes in our life. Have you seen that? It's like, you know, we're, we're longing for this thing over here, but then God will open a door here. And we go, well, I don't really understand. I'm, I'm trying to get over here, but this door over here is open. So he opens this door here, which leads to this door here, which leads to this door over here. Anyone with me? You know, which sometimes leads to this door over here. <laughs> And then eventually it opens the door to this thing here. And then you look and you get the breakthrough and you go, man, God, you're so faithful. And sometimes we can only see these things in reverse. It's only once we've got the breakthrough, we look back and we realize actually God was working the whole time. I'm a big believer that God is always doing three million things at least in your life at any given point in time. And you may be aware of three of them or none of them. Amen. So often we look out and we go, man, God, you're doing nothing. What's going on? Nothing's happening in my life. And the Lord's going, are you kidding? <laughs> if you could only see what I am setting up all around your life continually. And, uh, you know, so often we're looking for these things to work. So if you are in between, if you're waiting for the breakthrough today, here's the three things that I just want to quickly pull out of this passage this morning. This is the first key. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this one down. Key number one, um, and it's this, looking after the needs of others. I love the fact that you guys are getting involved in the local community. I think this is one of the things that the Lord is really working on the church and working in the church more and more these days. You know, I'm constantly challenged by that whole thing. There's that question that if your church disappeared from the community tomorrow, would the community notice? I want it to be that our community would notice that the river disappeared. 
may it be that uh, you know, this community would notice if Faith Point was not around, you know, because of the good works and the things that we are doing in that community. But you know, this story here in 2 Kings 4, it begins, it ends with breakthrough and answered prayer, but it starts with someone doing something really practical, something like right in front of them. And what really astounds me with this is that probably this woman was doing the practical thing. She was probably doing it out of a place of pain and out of a place of brokenness. You see, I'm sure that by this stage of her life, she had fully expected she was going to be a mum. She had fully expected she was going to have a family. She was fully expected a whole bunch of things to have been working in her life, and none of them were working at that particular point in time. But rather than sitting at home and feeling sorry for herself and you know just crying about it or whatever, she got involved in the local community, and she became a well-known and a well-to-do woman in that place. And because she was busy out there looking for the needs of others, that was the critical door that opened up the breakthrough that needed to happen in her life. You know, so often, man, I I tell you what, I mean, I I love and I believe there's spiritual breakthroughs that can take place through prayer. I mean, I wouldn't have written a book on it otherwise. (laughs) I believe there's spiritual things that can take place through prayer and through worship. But you know what? Sometimes we've actually just got to get off our chuff and do something. And not just for ourselves, but for other people. You know, for other people, it's interesting to me that serving and hospitality are a key for breakthrough for so many people in the Bible. You know, you look at Abraham, three visitors rock up to his house one day and he doesn't just go, oh yeah, g'day guys, you know, farewell. You know, he runs, he, he, he gets a goat, kills a goat, makes a meal, gets everything ready, gives them hospitality, looks after them, cares for their needs in that moment. And then that's when they prophesy Isaac and that's later, one year later, he gets his son. As a result, I think of Rebecca. That's a great story there. You know, Abraham's servant turns up to this place. Rebecca's hoping for a husband, but she faithfully looks after Abraham's servant and waters all of his camels. I don't think that that's a great job. You know, there's a whole story we could go into with that. And in, 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 in fact, of how much camels actually drink and, and what a big job that actually was. It was huge. But, you know, she ran round after him, and as a result of that service, she gained herself a husband. The widow of Zarephath, she makes food for Elisha, uh, sorry, for Elijah, and so she doesn't die. Her and her son live on. Joseph, he serves in the prison before he gets the promotion. We see this again and again. People practically getting out of their own life and serving someone else becomes the key for breakthrough in the things that they're hoping for as well. You know, and so the breakthrough for the Shunammite woman found its seed in her being busy serving others. And I want to say to you today, if you're waiting for your breakthrough, don't sit around being bitter and cynical and grumpy and moaning at God. Get out there and do something for somebody else. Go and serve someone in an area that maybe you're feeling it at the moment. You know what, when, when you get out beyond yourself, you start serving someone else in that area, that's when breakthrough can start to come. My daughter has just started at AUT, and uh, she's doing occupational therapy. And, um, and so she's coming home all the time, and she's doing a lot of stuff with biology, human biology and stuff. And if you know me, I love that stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm an absolute nerd when it comes to you know, creation and, and stuff, because honestly, your body has got trillions of cells in it I mean, get this, they all know what to do. You're not even thinking about it, and your body is doing everything it needs to do this morning to stay alive. I mean, you know, it's incredible. You know, and we live in this planet that's just the right distance from the sun with just the right atmosphere. I mean, honestly, anyone who says it's a big bang that made all of this, I think they're nuts. 
I've got, I, I, I will side more with someone who thinks that aliens made this than the evolution. 100%. It has to be intelligent design. It has to be. Really, when you think about it, the complexity of what is going on in your body, you cannot tell me that a Big Bang just made that and that, you know, so, however many millions of years ago, some disgusting-looking fish crawled out of the primordial soup, you know, that then kind of evolved into something that evolved into you. Come on! You've been made and created by the hand of God. You are amazing. You're incredible. But anyway, my daughter came home and she was telling me about the sensory system in, in, in the body. And I, this blew my mind. I mean, I think she always is worried about telling me anything because anything's going to become a preaching story. You know, it's like, <laughs> she, she goes, I'm going to tell you this. I'm sure you're going to turn it into a preaching story, Dad. I'm like, yeah, probably will. And I did. But, you know, when you touch some part of your body, your entire body is wired electrically. Did you know that? So when, when, if I touch my hand like that, what's actually happening is all of the cells are sending an electrical charge up my nervous system to my brain to register that feeling. That's incredible. But did you know that every single cell in your body carries a charge? It's more negative on the inside and it's more positive on the outside. And so herein is the lesson. If you spend all your time inside your cell, inside your prison looking inward, you're going to get negative. If you start looking outside your cell, you're going to get positive. So I wonder this morning, maybe it's time to stop getting, looking on the inside and kind of worrying about number one and everything that's not going on for your life and start looking outside your cell. Because you know what? Let's start living what every single cell in our body is declaring. Amen? Let's do this. Let's do this. You know, uh, I run a men's breakfast um, each Tuesday morning uh, from 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. And, uh, you know, we, we read leadership books together and we just kind of discuss this stuff. And, and it's, it's working really well. Anyway, the last one that I had, I had this guy rock up to it. And uh, we were doing a John Maxwell book the 15 invaluable laws of growth. It's always the 15 laws of something or the five laws of something. If you know any John Maxwell stuff, it's always like that. But always excellent content. Anyway, so we'd advertise this thing and this guy came to me and he said, oh, look, I'd like to get involved in the course. I said, that's great. And he goes, oh, by the way, I'm a certified John Maxwell trainer. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you know, all I do is I get the books and just share it with other people. We talk about it and that's fun, you know. But like this, this dude has like done all the training. Like he knows everything. And so, you know, I was a little bit worried about this. And so, um, you know, pro tip, never, never end up in a meeting, you know, that you're not, you know, ready for. So I took the guy out for coffee beforehand just to, ha to have a coffee with him, just to kind of suss him out, you know. Anyway, so I'm, I'm having a coffee with this guy, and I was really impressed with him. And he said, you know what, honestly, I just want to come, just serve, just help out in any way I can. I, I'm not going to come hijack your meeting. And, and he sent me all of his notes that he did for the, you know, for the, usually I have to read all the books and make kind of notes and stuff out of each chapter and things to give to the guys as we're discussing. So he gave me all of the notes. He came along, he sat in the meetings, he contributed brilliantly, he added things in. You know, I was able to bat some stuff to him. It was incredible. Anyway, so we just finished last week. And, um, you know, this guy, uh, he had been kind of waiting for some opportunities to open up for him because things had kind of gotten a bit quiet during COVID. And so, you know, he was looking for some opportunities uh, in, in order to be able to kind of, you know, do this sort of training stuff with people, but nothing was really opening up. But you know what I love is the fact that he came along to this one, he paid for it, 
Like he came and he did the course, he sat in the course, he served me, he served the other people in the room with what he had. And you know what the amazing thing was? The last morning I started looking a little bit like Elisha did. I thought, man, what can I do for this guy? And so I, I said to him, hey, well, why don't you just share with the guys in this group, you know, about, you know, some of what you do. So he took a few moments and he shared. And in that room, there's a number of guys who are part of big organizations and big companies with big budgets for training. And so anyway, one of them turned to me and goes, oh, can I have your number and your details, man? I want to get in touch with you and let's see if we can bring you in and do some stuff with you. Isn't that awesome? You know, and all of this came because he's not sitting at home crying about the fact that there's no work or whatever. He found somewhere that he could get involved, someone he could get behind. He said, look, I'm just going to take what I've got at this point and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to do something with it. And as a result, now God, and I just caught up with him yesterday. He goes, you would not believe it, man. He goes, I'm just getting so much now all rushing in. And I, and I don't think it's all just because of this, but I think it's the attitude and the posture of his heart. Yeah. I think he got his heart in the right place. And I think when we get our heart in the right place and things start to fall into line for us, and I see this so often with church, and let's, listen, I can say this because I'm a guest preacher, you know? I mean, I say this in my own church anyway, but, you know. <laughs> I don't have to see you guys next week. You know, sometimes people come in and they join a church like this and they sit there and they're like, well, no one's talking to me. There's no opportunities. I don't have this. I don't have that. Listen, can I encourage you, if you've joined this church, get involved. Like, just find a way to get involved and get serving. It's one of the most powerful things that you can do to actually help you really feel like you're a part of this house is to get your gift active in this house. Man, James and, and Viv and the other leaders here, man, I tell you what, as a church pastor, I so appreciate it when I see people come into my church who are like, man, how can I serve? And they just get involved. They find a way to serve. They find a way to just, just get in there. So I want to say to you today, man, if your breakthrough is waiting, number one, find a way to serve others. Find a way to get behind what other people are doing. The second thing this morning is to invest into what's working. Invest into what's working. You know, the woman makes this observation. She goes, man, this, this guy is often passing this way. This situation just seems to keep happening. You know, and I, you know, I think sometimes our tendency so often is to focus on what God is not doing that we forget to actually focus on what is he doing. What, what's, the, what's the stuff actually in our life that we don't have to put a lot of effort into and it just keeps happening? It just keeps rocking up for us. I was reading this thing this week. Um, we've all heard the phrase deja vu, you know, when you feel like you've been there and you've done that and you've lived this thing before. There's a comedian called George Carlin, and he came up with this concept of vuja day. <laughs> vuja day. And uh, this really, this, this struck me when I was reading about it this week. I thought, man, this is really cool. Vuja day. He said, rather than kind of looking at everything, I've seen this before, he said, how about you approach your life for the very first time? You look at your life like you've never seen it before, like you're looking at it with fresh eyes. And as a comedian, this is how he always got his best stuff. And if you notice, I mean, guys like, I don't know, um, Jerry Seinfeld and Billy Crystal, or what, all of these guys, often what they do is they just talk about regular life, right? You know, and, but they just look at it with different eyes. And, and they're, they're, they're pointing out what has been obvious to us all. And we've never really thought about it. But when they point it out, we're killing ourselves laughing. Because we're like, that is so true. That's exactly what happens. But I want to encourage you, you know, the fact is for each one of us, we get so used to living in our own skin that we stop seeing the opportunities that we've actually got in that skin. You know, uh, if, if I was to jump into your body today, <laughs> which wouldn't be weird, 
If I was to jump into your life, if I was to become you, I would, I would see opportunities in your life that you have just gotten so used to. You know, but I'd be like, man, why aren't you doing something with this? If you, if you were to, to jump into my body and see my life, you probably would be saying, Pete, why aren't you doing anything with this? Because we've just gotten so used to it. You see, the nature of having a gift is that, generally speaking, we don't realize it's a gift. We just think it's normal. Everyone else looks at us and goes, man, you're so talented. You're so amazing in that area. And we're like, well, this is just what I do. It's not a big deal. We tend to disdain the gifts and the opportunities that God has given us. And I want to encourage you this morning. What are the things that just keep pitching up for your life again and again? What's the stuff that just keeps floating by and you don't even have to work on it, but it's the thing that just keeps happening again and again and again? Maybe God wants to do something with that. Maybe that area is an area of breakthrough for you. You know, I mean, I wrote this book. Um, not because I'm a great author or anything like that, or even that I had an aspiration to be an author. You know, I, I don't have a little shed down the back. I don't have a fireplace and a, a cat and, you know. Well, I do, actually. I have a cat. I'm trying to get rid of the cat. Anyone who wants a cat. I actually do give a shout-out to the cat in the end of the book. If you can read the end of the book, you'll read what I wrote about the cat. Me, me and the cat have an understanding. We had a question and answer on Thursday night, do animals go to heaven? And... Uh, <coughs> And I, I basically said, yes, every, all of them apart from my cat. I think where my cat, I know where my cat's going. Anyway. <laughs> all right. I've just offended everyone this morning. <laughs> Me and the cat have an understanding. We do. We do. We're just waiting for him to die so I can get, to, get a dog. And all the dog people said? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're my mates. You know, we're going to stick together this morning. We're going to band together against all the cat people today. But you know what? I'm not an author, but I just had this situation that just kept coming up again and again and again with people coming to me and saying, hey, I'm struggling with my devotional time. And so you know what? I just I, I put it down in a book. I just used what was kept coming across my path again and again. And I'm wondering this morning, what is it for you? What's the stuff that just keeps floating by? What's the stuff that just keeps happening again and again? You don't even have to try. You know, and I actually feel this morning that this, is, this literally is a, a message for someone here in this room. You know, you've been looking at something, and maybe for years you've been looking at this particular area of your life and thinking, man, I, I think I need to do something with that. Consider this a word from the Lord this morning. Get on with it. Do it. Do it. Have a crack. Have a go. I mean, you'll never know if you don't have a go. I mean, you know, so have a crack at it. So, you know, we want to look after the needs of others. And we want to invest into what's working. And key number three that we get out of this passage this morning is this. We need to make room for God. We need to make room for Him. I love this in Isaiah 35. It says this. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. And I really felt like that was actually a word. You know, I feel like the Lord, actually, for this church, there's a, there's a highway of holiness. There's a, there, there's a highway that God wants to establish in this church. While I was worshiping this morning, um, I saw this picture of, of like a, um, I'm an a, a IT guy back in the day before I became a pastor. And, um, you know, I saw a picture of a central processing unit, a CPU, of a computer with all of these lines that was kind of running out of it. 
you know, and um, it was interesting to, to hear about, you know, the ministry with, with the homeless, and I feel like that, that's one of them, and there's just going to be multiple ones. I just saw all of these different streams coming out of the fellowship and the life that was taking place here at this church, and I really believe as a church, as you guys make room for God, God's going to make room for you in, the, in, in this area. As you, as, as, as you set aside your life for Him, God is going to open incredible doors. I see them opening up all around this place. You know, lots of different doors going out to touch people in this community and to be a blessing, you know. Um, but, you know, the, the fact is, though, that people had made room for God. And, and many of you guys will know because there's, there's people here that you do ministry in other countries. And you'll know if you're in a developing country, one of the biggest problems they've got in those countries is infrastructure, is roading. Because sometimes the resources can come, but they can't literally get the resources to people because of the roads. It's a very practical, simple problem. You know, they, they've got, you know, sometimes they've got countries and other uh, aid agencies and stuff that are willing to give, but they literally can't get the resources to people because there's no roads there. There's no path that has been cut to actually enable them to get there. And when I was growing up, um, I was blessed. My stepfather was a 747 captain with Air New Zealand. And so this is before 9-11. And so I got to travel with him kind of, you know, all over the world. And, and not only that, but I got to sit up in the, the uh, the jump seat of the 747 for takeoff and for landing, which was pretty cool. Although, you know, sometimes I did wonder because we'd been wrestling on the ground, you know, like three hours beforehand and been acting the goat, you know. And then, and then he's there in front of, and I'm like, you know, you really can do this, right? You know, you really do know what you're doing, you know. I remember I, I literally sat in that, in that jump seat in the old Hong Kong airport. I don't know if you guys ever, uh, anyone ever went there, you know, used to fly in between buildings and turn around at the last moment, you know, and so literally from, you know, from that vantage point, you're looking, you can see people in the offices, you know, right in front of you. I'm thinking, man, that's got to be chief office space, right? <laughs> it's just like, man, the deal of the century, man, why is this thing so cheap? We got these offices so cheap and they're sitting there and there's a 747 coming straight. <laughs> that's why. But you know, the interesting thing is that to be able to take off and land a 747, you need about three kilometers of runway. And that runway has got to be set apart, it's got to be looked after, it's got to be maintained. And to be honest, you can't really use that runway for anything else. It becomes absolutely set apart for the purpose of that 747 being able to land and being able to take off. And I really believe that sometimes God actually really wants to bring big things into our life, but sometimes he can't land it because there's no room in our life. It's like he's got a 747 full of his goodness and his plans and his purposes. And he's flying around our life looking for somewhere to land. But our life is so full of clutter and we're so full of everything else. He's got nowhere where he can actually land the resources. And so what we've got to do in our life sometimes is, is we've, got to, we've got to make some room. We've got to push some things out of the way so that God has actually got somewhere to land in our life. So that the resources of heaven can actually reach us here on earth. You know, and coming back to this story. You know what my favorite part of the story is? I, I love this. You know, it was traditional, and maybe you know this, traditional for Jewish families to add on to their houses, you know, to accommodate a growing family. And so, you know, this woman would have had dreams of adding on all these rooms to her house, you know, to accommodate the growing family. And you know what? She couldn't do any of it because she didn't have kids. But you know what? She built the room anyway, and she gave it to God. She built that room, and she set it aside, and she said, God, this is your space. You can do something with this. And so, you know, I love this. You know, rather than getting bitter and twisted about it, she goes, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this space and I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to give it to this, this man of God that I see coming through. I'm going to make this space 
for God to be able to move in my life. And you know what? It would have been time and energy and money and investment. It would have taken something. That they, there was an, a, a sacrifice that they had to make to build that room onto their house. And they would have had to have done it out of an area of pain. And even while they're building it, you know, they're probably looking up and down the streets and everyone else is building it for their big families. And they're building it. They're going, well, why are you building this thing? Oh, well, we're building it for God. But you know what? It was the building of that thing that actually led to the conversation for the breakthrough to take place. Sometimes we've got to set, we've got to push things aside in our life so that God can actually move. He wants to move, but we're so busy. We're so cluttered. We've got no room for him to land. And I want to encourage you this morning, you know, maybe that area of brokenness, maybe that area of pain, that area of hurt, where you feel like you've almost given up on God. And that was that woman, eh? I mean, you can hear that pain in her voice. You know, he says, hey, this time you're going to hold a son in your arms this, this year. She goes, whoa, don't mess with me. You know, sometimes we can get to that place, can't we? It, there's certain times in our life where it's like, man, I just, there's this particular area of my life and it, it hurts so much now. I just don't even want anybody to bring it up anymore. And yet this woman, you know what? She, she builds. She makes the room. And God intervenes, and God comes through. And so, you know, when we take those areas of our life that could easily become places of disappointment and despair, and we give those areas up to God, it sets us up for breakthrough as well. Isn't that awesome? You know, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I wonder for your life what that area is for you. I've, you know, I've seen in my own church, you know, there's, I've got young people who are waiting for the, the right marriage partner to turn up for them, and that's always a really tough one. You know, I see these awesome young people who just, in my opinion, should have been snapped up so long ago, it's not funny, and, uh, and yet they're still waiting. But you know, what always blows my mind is when I see these ones, you know, and they, they're coming to me and they're, they're serving and they just get involved and they find a way, you know, and so often it's through that serving, it's through that laying down their life for other people that things start to take place and start to happen. You know, I just think of just recently a, a, a guy who got made redundant as, as a result of COVID and suddenly he had all this time on his hands. And so he came to me and, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm applying for a bunch of different jobs. Nothing's really moving at the moment, but you know what, I'd like to just come down and give some time to the church. Just while I'm waiting, I'd just like to be able to serve God with this time. And you know what? So he came and he started serving God with that time, but he wasn't there for very long because, you know, the Lord broke through for him. It was awesome to see. But you know what? He just took that area of brokenness. He took that area of emptiness and he said, you know what? I'm not going to cry about that. I'm just going to give it over to God. I'm going to make room for God in my life, for God to do something. Amen.